minus one minute. Rory McGoran with you flying solo tonight. And of course, before we break down the weekend that was and feature our three guests, very busy show, a big congratulations to the co-host of this show, Jamie Neugebauer and his family for welcoming in a beautiful daughter, Abigail, over the week. And uh, of course, that's why he's not here taking care of things at home. Just want to say congratulations, Jamie, if you're watching. If you are going to comment in on Newsy's notes, maybe we can get some Jamie comments going in. Along with all of your comments, Barry Shelley, of course, is back in looking for a, g a good show this week, and we're looking forward to starting it off with some SJHL talk and giving you company throughout your lunch. Big show includes Scott Barney, the head coach and GM of the Humboldt Broncos, first place Humboldt Broncos. Yes, Van Bruin, the leading scorer from, from that team and in the league. Mark Rumsey will join us. And then Flintwan Bombers head coach and GM Mike Reagan will also join us on a jam-packed SJ at noon. But let's, of course, go back to the CAA Road Report and look at the weekend that was starting with the marquee matchup of the weekend. The Estevan Bruins at the Flintwan Bombers. Bombers take a 3-2 overtime win on Friday. And the Bruins, the exact same score, 3-2, ends on Saturday. Don't think there's any surprise that these two teams split the series while both scoring the same number of goals combined. It was a measuring stick for both teams involved. Mark Rumsey scored his lead leading lead le league leading part of me 18th goal of the season on Friday. Eric Hauk on a five game point streak. The Bruins can strike from any line, and we'll have a couple clips of this series. But we'll start from the game winner, the Flintflon goal. Cole Duperos, one of the committee members of the new Flintflon Bombers attack, and his overtime winner, Chris. If we can get that one up, thanks so much. His 11th goal of the year, and this was the winner on Friday. As the Estevan Bruins have Olivier Pouliot trying to come in. A big stop from Cal Shell, who was as important as he ever always is. 36 of 38 for Shell. Back come the Bombers attack. And then across the ice in the back of the net on the rebound as Boston Belois makes the first save and couldn't fight back the desperation save. That's a huge win for the Flint Flon Bombers to prove, like we said, they're part of the top three teams. Top two, arguably, in the SJHL with a win. The, Bomber, the Bruins, pardon me, bounced back the next day, though with a 3-2 win on their own. And it was sort of a reverse script 
as it was the Bombers with a 2-1 lead and the Bruins out shooting Flin Flon. This time, Boston below us with 34 saves and the Bruins a 3-2 bounce back win. Mark Rumsey scored in the first game on Friday, his 18th goal of the year. We'll pull that one up and we'll be joined by Mark Rumsey later on in the show. You see him working on the wall there. Bruins will counterattack all the way back into their own zone. And work it up the ice. Uh, like I said, this team can score from any line, and especially this guy, number seven, who will join us. As that long shot in, fools the Flint Flaw Bombers goaltender, and they split the series three to two. First time Rumsey actually didn't get a point in 12 games. was on Saturday, but had 26 points in that 12-game stretch. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the expectations that he has for the Bruins, if they're living up to him, if he still thinks there's more, his individual game, and then uh, a little bit more with Mark Rumsey, of course, Humboldt Broncos head coach Scott Barney, and Flin Flon head coach Mike Reagan. The Battleford's North Stars with a 5-2 win on Nipawin on Friday. They didn't play on Saturday night. But that's five straight wins for the Battleford's North Stars as we move through your CAA Road Report, which is tied for the league's longest winning streak right now with the Humboldt Broncos. There was 86 penalty minutes in the third period alone, so it got a little physical, but Holden Dole's third goal of the year stood as the game-winning goal, and we'll pull that one up right now. As Chris, thank you so much. At this time, 2-1 for the Hawks. Ended up being 5-2 as the Hawks got one more later in the game. But Holden Dole is just another one of those players that – one of the teams that can roll all four lines, punish you anyway. Michael Harash has shored up the goaltending. And a backdoor pass it looks like they're tapped in by Holden Dole, one of the few Dole brothers in the league for his third goal of the season. Michael Harash since being acquired in a trade from the BCHL, six wins in seven games. So they've shored up the net front presence. They're still one of the highest scoring teams in the league, I believe second in the SJHL. So they aren't going anywhere but in the conversation for one of the best teams, top three, along with Estevan, Humboldt, Melfort's got to creep in there sometimes, Flint Flon, of course, and there's a lot up at the top that can defeat anyone on any given day. Battleford's with a win on the weekend. The Nippowin Hawks lost both games, but unfortunately for Chase Ham, got pulled on Friday. But fortunately for the, for the Hawks, pardon me, coming in is Harmon Laser Hume, who stopped only two shots in relief, but then had a fantastic game against the Humboldt Broncos. This was the Nippowin Hawks' identity. I thought they were the better team against the Broncos on Saturday in a 3-2 loss in a shootout. Thought they deserved two points. They only settled for one, and it's thanks to a shootout winner by Cage Newens, which we will pull up now. A beautiful goal in the shootout. One of the Broncos' big acquisitions this season, after I believe six games in, was Cage Newens, and then he scored for the third straight time in the shootout. So if we can get the Cage Newens goal pulled up there in a second, we'll see his elite shooting ability. Nippon Hawks, of course, now part of this race that's building in the SJHL for that eighth and seventh playoff seed. It's going to be electric, and you can see it already coming in. Kindersley, Notre Dame, Nippon, Yorkton, they're all with two points of each other, and only two of them are going to be in the playoff race. So we know this league has provided a lot of parity before. No, no uh, shootout clip? Humboldt, yeah, yeah. So Cage Newens can put it away, and we know, yeah, we know the we know what the league's provided in terms He's of parity. He's two for two in the shootout. Third I opportunity. I can see this spread being exactly what it is at the end of the year. Newins will pick it up. I always say that there's three He'll parts of the season before the Christmas break, after the Christmas break, and then the playoffs. And I wouldn't be surprised to see if this is what it's set up. These four teams, maybe a fifth sprinkles in there, coming from the top or moving up from the bottom. But these are the teams that are going to be fighting 
tooth and nail from now in game 24 for some all the way into game 58 at the end of the year. So the Nippon Hawks lose both games. The Humboldt Broncos, we can roll this one once again, get the viewers some full screen action. Thanks, for Logan Frazier, for the mustache. Yeah, we'll talk about that in your Mayfair segment. Men's health, of course, always important. And a lot of leagues, a lot of teams across and broadcasters across the league are trying to raise some money. Of course, Austin Matthews raising 134000 His goal, going to shave off that mustache, finally, to the delight of some, probably to the dismay of some, but... You see Cage Newens there in an elite shot. He's 3-for-3 three three in the shootout this year. Humboldt Broncos are also 3-for-3 three three in the shootout. Cage Newens has scored in every one that the Broncos have played. The Yorkton Terriers split their weekend games. 2-1 to one win against the Kindersley Clippers. And then a 3-2 shootout loss on Melfort on Saturday. So Melfort picks up a lone point in their weekend. Trailed 2-0 against the, Flint, against the Yorkton Terriers until Marco Lopez came back and scored back-to-back -back goals. Eventually, Melfort wins in a shootout, keeping pace with the Flint Flon Bombers for that top spot in the SJ in the Sherwood Division. Two points separate those two teams. And as for Yorkton, surprise, surprise, both one-goal games. They've been in the most one-goal games this year. We've talked about it all the time. If they can limit scoring, they're going to be in every game. They're the one, is one of the toughest teams to score against. And how about Tyson Jansen? And we have his goal clip against the Kindersley Clippers. He leads the team in terms of points, and he's a defenseman. So he's for the running of defenseman in the year himself and Parker Jasper, one of the best pairings of the, year of the season so far in the SJHL. And it's right off the draw here. Jansen gets his 14th point, which leads all Yorkton Terriers. Shot from the point. Jansen jumps in and buries that one past Kindersley Clippers goaltender. And just exceptional to see a defenseman and a veteran one that's been on the team for so long. I believe he's been in four SJHL showcases as well. And Jansen is an incredible defenseman that's going to keep the paving the way for the Yorkton Terriers. Kindersley Clippers, mind you, did pick up a 3-2 victory on Melville as we weave our way through the CAA Road Report. Melville almost completes the comeback, down two goals, ties it up until Cash Arnston scores with three and a half minutes left. And we have his video as well of Cash Arnston's goal. Former first overall pick by the LaRange Ice Wolves in 2018. Now he's part of the Kindersley Clippers. And that line of Arnston, Logan Linklater, and Tylen Hilbig combined for seven points in that win. 3-2 over the Melville Millionaires, driving the offense that game. I think we also have one of Melville in Zach McIntyre. Chris, if you want to throw that. Seventh goal of the year and almost part of that comeback effort. As the thing with the Melville Millionaires, they're starting to keep games super close and maybe finding their groove 20 or so games in. Of course, they had that rough start, and they faced the Bruins a lot, which is a handful on any night, but they're keeping games close, and Jared Thompson faces a lot of shots. That's the Melville Millionaires goaltender, but has a 9.18 save percentage, so I think he can keep them in a lot of games moving forward. And the final game we want to talk about this weekend was probably the most wildest game this weekend. It was LaRange's 6-5 win over Weyburn on Friday. We got two clips for this one, but the shots were 39-34 for Weyburn. It was all offense. There was four lead changes in the game, and Nolan Dole with a hat trick and Drew Kuzma with a hat trick. So we'll pull up Kuzma's first for the Weyburn Red Wings. He had four points that night in definite consideration for one of the players of the week is Drew Kuzma, number nine. That's where he does his dirty work in front of the net. He bangs it home past Xavier Cannon, who the LaRange Ice Wolves hope that he can get back to form because there's no doubt LaRange can score goals. It's whether they can keep them out of the net. As we get one more look at big Drew Kuzma's goal, side of the net, out, out 
muscles the defenseman and then bangs home the rebound. Nolan Dole now has 15 goals on the year. We'll play his clip to wrap up your CAA road report for the LaRange Ice Wolves. This one would land as the game winner for Nolan Dole, and it's a hat-trick goal. As I said, there's no doubt LaRange can score six goals, four lead changes in this one. It was a wild one in LaRange, exceptional for the fans. Weyburn battled back after trailing by two. LaRange battled back after trailing early in the game. And there's Nolan Dole, who you just can't give that much separation to. He's going to bury that any given night. 15 goals on the year. And if they can shore up those goals against LaRange once again, although they're a few points behind the upper echelon of the Sherwood division, watch out because there's a lot of season left. Here's your CAA Road Report as we got three guests to go to. Roy McGorn solo tonight. Noogsy, congratulations again. He'll be back next week, and we'll be back with Scott Barney, the GM and head coach of the Humboldt Broncos, the first place Humboldt Broncos on SG at noon. Welcome back to SJ at Noon. Roy McGoran flying solo for this week and very pleased to welcome in the head coach and general manager of the Humboldt Broncos, the first place Humboldt Broncos, Scott Barney. Scott, how's it going? Hi, great, Rory. Great to be on here with you guys. Yeah, thanks so much for jumping back in. Obviously, the Broncos are off to a torrid start at the beginning of this season, 19-5 and five and 13 wins in the last 14 games. Just want you to reflect on the sort of progress your team has had from start to now and the start that you guys have having and what's kind of led to that success being first place in the SJHL. Yeah, obviously it's been a, a great start this season for us and a little good run here uh, as of late. Uh, obviously beginning there, we've had, you know, 18 different players, rostered players from last year turned over to this year. Obviously there's a lot of changes, uh, different guys in their room. Uh, we feel we have a, a good group of guys here that are playing for each other. Obviously, a lot of our success lies on in our net with uh, Reese Ramsey. Uh, he's played a lot of minutes. Uh, he hasn't played a lot of hockey the last few years, and he wanted to play, and he's definitely been our most valuable player. Uh, there's no, no questions with that. Uh, obviously, we've added into our forward group. Uh, we feel we have depth throughout the lineup and a lot more physical team than we've had in the last uh, few seasons. Mentioned 18 players turned over from a team last year that was sort of the consensus pick as the top team of the SJHL before the COVID-19 pandemic shut it down. Obviously, some key acquisitions, Alex Soretsky, Connor McGrath, Cage Newins, a couple others. But you never really know how a team is going to gel when you bring in that many new faces. Are you a little bit surprised on how quickly they have gelled and the success they've had off the bat? Yeah, I think the guys we brought in, we've done a lot of, a lot of homework with with the characters they are, they've checked the right boxes. Uh, obviously, we, we feel we have guys on each line that also like to do the work to, to get that, not just guys who, who want the puck all the time. Uh, I think we got some guys that uh, kind of, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? It's just kind of maybe support each other on the ice. Uh, you know, a team first kind of players. Uh, we feel like we feel we have four lines that we can put out there at any time of the game and put against other teams' lines, and that's, that's really important for us. Obviously, our back end, we've been banged up here as of late, playing with 5D for, for probably four to five games, but uh, we'll be back to a, you know, a six here this, this week, and uh, you know, it's been good to get some guys some different experience as well and getting guys more minutes maybe they're not used to, uh, to see where they're at. And uh, obviously, you know, I said, like, talk about race has been, been great in the net for us. One of the players that was sort of the headline of the story of the Broncos over the past couple of weeks, Connor McGrath, he gets his NCAA commitment. What does that mean for him in his ability to secure that 
in technically his second year, but he only played four games last year. So really his rookie season. Yeah, I think it's a credit to the hard work he's put in, right? And obviously yeah, COVID's been tough on everybody throughout the world. And, and in the hockey, it's just the same. But you, you can see the guys that put, put that time and used it and didn't use it as an excuse not to do something. You know, Connor's put in uh, a lot of time, a lot of hard work. Uh, he's very skilled with the puck. He's uh, very high hockey IQ. I, I think he's got that motor where he can switch gears when he has the puck. And uh, obviously, uh, obviously, he'd probably compliment his, his line mates as well that have helped with that. And, uh, you know, that's a credit to him. And it's great, uh, great for our league as well going forward to have a guy like that to get a scholarship early. And hopefully there's many more to follow here in the SJHL. It's absolutely fantastic for Connor, fantastic for the league. What's it also mean for the Humboldt Broncos program? Because if players that are looking to take that route and not the WHL route, pardon me, where a team can provide commitments and provide them early to younger players, what's it do for the Humboldt Broncos? Yeah, I think it's great, right? Obviously, we've had we've had a few here in the last uh, a few seasons since, since we came on board. And, uh, you know, this year, has been the most calls we've had. And uh, I think that's the success here for what, we, what we've built. And uh, like I said, we've had many phone calls, many schools flying in to see certain players in our lineup. And uh, you know what, that, that's great for our league, right? And I always tell our players when, 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 when someone's watching uh, other guys, it's your chance to be noticed as mm -hmm. well. So that's good for other players, other teams in the league. And uh, hopefully we can keep building on this going forward and and get a next guy announced here soon as well It'd be great i don't think it's any hidden secret that one of those players based off what he's been able to do as a 2004 born is matthew perkins what did yourself curtis the scouting staff see from the start to bring him in so young and then how, what have you seen throughout his growth because he's already over 30 points for a 17 year old yeah he, he's another guy like 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 uh, connor as well who's taken advantage of this time in covid right and uh you know, we we committed to him early there. As soon as we saw him, uh, I guess you could say it later last season, he didn't play many games. He hasn't played many games, even AAA hockey. Mm -hmm. He played a half a season, finished that off, and then next year was kind of a COVID year, and last year was kind of a, a whitewash. But, uh, you know, he's very coachable. Uh, he wants to get better. Uh, he skates skates extremely well. Uh, high hockey IQ. And he's a he's a he's a uh, player that many schools are have been talking with, and uh, I think he's a guy. If his game keeps elevating, he'll be able to select where where he wants to go play. You mentioned a lot of the success off the first question. You know, you have to bring in Race Ramsey into the equation. It's an incredible amount of games that he's played, and 14 straight starts. 19 wins on the season just talk about what he does off the ice because i am with the humble broncos i'm able to see the commitment he has and kind of how that can rub off on younger players yeah, his focus is at, a, at an extreme high level right and, and for our for our players here it's been been instrumental just to see that what, what he puts in on a daily basis uh, example like after our game here say it's over at you know what 9 45 10 p.m like He's probably here to 11.30, 11.45 at night after the games. Even if we have a game the next day, like just the, the time he puts in, uh, the work he puts in on game day, how, how focused he is, uh, his drive, right? And that's kind of like what we do when we want to bring older players in, especially with his experience. We, we want good people and we want guys who are going to work hard. 
and it's it's helped our organization with the guys we bought in like race uh, obviously alex morozov is another one uh, cage new ones played a little bit in the western hockey league right mm. uh, alex saretsky these, these guys come here and they want to work and that's that's important when when our older players like that and like our leader like kate olson the time they put in at the rink it, it rubs off on our younger guys and that's help help build our program Goaltender often needs good defensive play. The Humboldt Broncos have allowed the second fewest goals against in the SJHL. You mentioned that you've been down to five defensemen for a few weeks now and an AP call up for a few of those games. So how are some of the unsung players on the team that maybe don't get as much recognition in day to day, the Kate Olsons, Riley McKinnons, and the list goes on on the blue line, really helping out the goaltender and the Humboldt Broncos with these 13 wins in 14 games. Yeah, it's huge, right? Obviously, the game starts back to obviously a race, and then it starts with our D, right? Just moving pucks forward, uh, defending, playing a lot of minutes. You mentioned the likes of Riley McKinnon. Uh, he's been been instrumental for us. Uh, Nick Shawer, who I believe is is a D1 hockey player with with the, with the gap control he has, is that as that as that is at the pro hockey level, which I haven't seen in this this league since I, I've been in the league. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, you got the Kate Olsons, the, the Cody Huffs as well that uh, brings some offensive. Noel Barlogi is an 0-3 defenseman who's logging, you know, at 25 to 27 minutes a night. And he's been just outstanding for us here in the last few weeks. Now you got Owen Evers, who's, who's a great skater and a good, good puck mover. And obviously we had Quinn Miles go down for a bit here and he was just coming into his own. So any given night, we could, we could put six good defensemen in there and we feel that's uh, a big part of our success. It, it starts from there with our defending and then leading into the offensive attack. Final one for me here, uh, of course, yourself uh, a few days ago at the Humboldt Broncos, along with Curtis Tenniff, the assistant coach, agreed to new extensions with the team. How important was it for you to stay there with the Broncos on the team that you've sort of assembled over the past few years? And not only yourself, but keep your staff intact and try to move forward with what you were hoping to do last year, got cut short, and now are once again trying to accomplish this year. Yeah, it's important to have all your, your employees and people you work with together moving forward. And for me, that's a big part of it. I want to make sure everybody else is taken care of. And then we can worry about myself. But uh, the big thing for, for me is, is my, my family really loves it here and enjoy it. My kids love the community. My wife does. And, and they, they say happy wife, uh, happy life. So it's, uh, no, it's been great. And uh, really enjoy my time here in Humboldt. And uh, you know what? Hopefully we can bring a championship here at, at some point and we can keep moving forward. But uh Really excited to, to get that done, and uh, we'll, we'll keep things rolling here. Thanks so much for joining us, Scott. The mustache from November looks great. I know it's not as dark as it once used to be, but still looks good. <laughs> Thanks, Roy. Good to be on here. <laughs> there was head coach and GM of the Hubble Broncos, Scott Barney. We'll be right back and welcome in head coach and GM of the Flin Flon Bombers. Back-to-back -back coaches, Mike Reagan, next on SJ at Noon. Welcome back to SJ at Noon. Rory McGoran along the ride with you. Big thanks to Scott Barney, last segment for joining us. Now we're going from coach to coach and up north in the Flint Front to welcome in the head coach and GM of the Bombers, Mike Reagan. Mike, how are things going? Pretty good. Yourself? Yeah, very well. Uh, no news this week, but he'll be back next week. Full ride, 100%. Uh, I want to talk about the weekend that the Flint Plant Bombers had right off the bat. We talked about it earlier in the show. The weekend set versus the Estevan Bruins, two top teams in this league. I'm not sure if it was to anyone's surprise to see both teams pick up a win, but what were your thoughts on the series going up against the Estevan Bruins at home? 
Well, I think it was a good measuring stick for us. You know, obviously they're uh, preparing for the national championship and, uh, you know, we, uh, I think every team in this league's goal is to, to try to knock them off and, and get there themselves. But, uh, um, you know, they're a good team. I think that uh, if you were to ask Tarts, uh, they probably won the game that we should have won and we won the game that they should have won. So it's just funny how that works. Uh, but it was uh, a great weekend of hockey. I think uh, both teams played hard. Um, you know, I think it's good when you go up against uh, other top teams. It elevates your play and, uh, you know, shows you what what kind of uh, level you need to be playing at in order to be successful. So, um, you know, it's early on in the season and it's a good opportunity for us to see where we stack up against uh, a team that's going to be there at the end. It rolled right into my next question because when you face uh, the top team in the league or the consensus pick of who people think it is, you often want to see your game grow to where it can be if it's a matchup in the playoffs. Did you think you saw that with your squad against the two games in Estevan? For sure. Um, you know, I think that uh, we know where we're at and, and we know where we need to get to. Um, you know, we've played Estevan uh, three games now, once in Estevan, and uh, they've all been tight games. You know, we lost three, one, one, one was an empty netter. Um, we felt we played pretty well there. So uh, I've been happy with uh, the way we've we've matched up against Estevan. Um, you know, no question about it. They've got a good team. They got forwards that can make you pay and good goaltending. And, uh, you know, they're a well-balanced team. So, um, you know, I think that we we understand that we need to get better. And, uh, you know, we're, we're looking to do that. And uh, it's it's been a tough month for us. You know, we got some good opponents. We got Humboldt coming up here. Uh, we got Nipwin, who's always played us tough. There's always great games against the Hawks. And, uh, um, you know, and then we get the four straight against Humboldt. So that's going to be real interesting to, to have, uh, you know, a, a away series uh, with Humboldt and then a, a home series the following weekend. So uh, we're looking forward to the challenge. Um, you know, I think that it's good to have these big games, uh, you know, early on in the season. Now, I had that question saved for the end of it, but let's jump into it right now because it's not really common that you see your team go up against the same team four games in a row. I believe the Broncos might have one sandwiched in between, but it's four and five against the Flint Front Bombers. Do you guys visual that as an already playoff series with, uh, you know, possibly animosity brewing throughout the four games? Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's going to be two good teams that are trying to see how they stack up against each other. Uh, uh, you know, I got a lot of respect for what uh, Barnes has done there in Humboldt. Uh, he's uh, built some pretty good teams there. Um, you know, they got some some guys that are high-end guys. You know, I think four of their guys are in the top 10 in scoring in the league. And, you know, they'll make you pay if you turn over pucks. Uh, I'm sure that it's going to get heated by game uh, two or three. And, <laughs> Uh, but that's that's a good thing you know the fans want to see um you know two teams that uh you know play very intense and and uh a fast pace and i i'm sure that there's going to be some some moments where you know the blood boils a little bit and that but uh, again it's i think it's good for for both teams to to have that intensity and uh um you know maybe it's a preview for for a, a playoff series 
I know it's and it's in two barns that's incredibly hard to pick up wins and to have two of the best fan bases in the league. So it's definitely excitement to look forward to in the coming weeks for the SJHL fans around the league. Flint Flon Bombers are first place in the division. It's a close race right now with the Melford Mustangs. I talked about this a bit last week. It's a team that's doing it by committee. How happy have you been with the balance that your team has displayed and the ability to roll all four lines and everyone contribute any night? Well, it's kind of funny you say that because, uh, you know, we've been usually known to have uh, two or three guys in the top four or five uh, in league scoring, and and we are getting it by committee. I, I think it's a nice thing that uh, we are getting that balanced attack. Uh, there's not really two or three guys that you have to key in on on our team, uh, you know, and, and I think it's been a healthy competition within the dressing room, you know, and and the guys really uh, play off of each other and uh, support each other. And I, I think that, um, you know, it just pushes us to be better and, and a tougher team to play against when you, you have to worry about all four of our lines rather than just uh, maybe, you know, our, our first line like we had a couple mm. of years ago, Allo Refuse and, and, and Donnie and Tristan Lemaire. I mean, we had some, some high-flying guys that uh, you really had to worry about. But uh, this year... You know, um, you know, our young guys have came in and, and did a great job. You know, we, we take a look at uh, Jeremy Trombley, an 18-year-old that's leading our team in, in scoring. He's been he's been terrific. Uh, Jacob Vockler's been great for us when he's been healthy. And and um, obviously, we're we're missing right now probably our our most dynamic uh, forward in Jaden Mercier. But uh, when he gets back and he's healthy, I think that's just gonna. Uh, add another weapon to the arsenal and uh, you know I think that we're dangerous throughout our, our lineup so I, I, I swear it seems like I've given you the questions beforehand because you keep rolling into my next one and it was on Jeremy Tremblay who's tied for the team lead in points as a two, 2003 born pardon me I know you're really high on division one commitments and getting these kids ready for it where do you think he is in terms of that level because it seems like he's one that schools are probably already watching yeah, I, I mean, he's going to get a Division One scholarship. Uh, when I, I look at comparables to guys that we've had in the past, uh, he's he's probably most like Donovan Houle. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he plays a very powerful game. Um, and he's actually probably further ahead than what Donnie was at 18 years old. I, I know that uh, point production, he's already, uh, I think he's tied or, or very close to what Donnie put up as an 18-year-old, and we're only 20 wow. games season so um you know there's no question that uh he's going to be a guy that gets a division one scholarship he's been terrific for us he's growing you know uh every day and um you know again he reminds me a lot of donovan and uh you know obviously donovan's had a a pretty good uh junior career and and he's doing well at maine right now a lot of teams this year across the league are going a bit younger. I'm not sure if that's stemming from the COVID-19 pandemic, canceling the season. Uh, last year, you've always been an advocate, of course, of NCAA route and Division One commitments throughout your time in Flint Front. Just your thoughts on sort of the league, which looks like is taking a turn to the younger side and what that can do for the SJHL moving forward. I think it's fantastic. You know, it's uh, nice to see these young guys having success and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we've been trying as a league, I think, uh, uh, to get younger and to get some of uh, the top end Saskatchewan uh, talent into the league. And you're seeing, I, I, I believe that this is the youngest the league's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've, we've done some, some numbers and, and it's great. I think there's 
roughly 22, 23 uh, underage guys in our league right now and guys that are having success. So I know with us right now, we've got Olofsson and, and Tanchuk and, and Max Hildebrand that are all 17-year-olds that could still be back in, in AAA. Um, and, and they've been great players for us, you know, and, and I think that uh, um, they're going to be guys to watch in the future here. They're probably playing a, a less uh, prominent role with us right now just because they're stuck behind some some guys that are you know a little bit older and, and have a little more experience in that but uh, um, they've been terrific for us and I, I think throughout the league when you look at everybody's lineup they've got you know at least one or two young guys that are contributing on a nightly basis and and obviously uh, you know there's some guys that are up in in the, the league scoring and uh, um, that's a positive. I think schools throughout uh, uh, Division One are are taking notice of that, and um, we're expecting that to pay off for for the league. Yeah, I'm with him. Extreme advocate of it, and I love to see it, especially when you look at the top ten. And I think you mentioned there's like six 2003s in there in the league scoring, so it's spread right across. How important is it for your young guys? Because you have a player on the team that already has a commitment in Xavier Lapointe. We had him on the show a couple of weeks ago and asked kind of how he can um, educate the players on the route and on just being patient. But what have you seen as a coaching standpoint that Lapointe's been able to do for some of the younger players that wish to take that route? Well, I think that uh, these guys get to watch him every day and, and learn from him and uh, um, see what a Division One player looks like and how he can and and that's one thing about Lappy is uh, you know he's not just a, an offensive defenseman defensively he cares just as much as he does uh, on the offensive side of things and and he competes hard he's quick he he uh, you know he's a great guy you know he he leads by example and um, he's been a, a great addition to our, our hockey club and and again you know the young guys can look up to him and see what it takes to play at that level and um, you know, I think a uh, young guy on our back end in Cole Tanchuk, who's an 04, um, can really learn a lot from Lappy. And uh, there's no question that uh, he, he's had an impact on our decor and, and our young guys. And, uh, you know, I think it's a positive for everybody. I think there's uh, three or four guys within the league that have Div 1 scholarships already. And, and that's a positive for the SJHL. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're going to see by the end of the year another you know, five, six, maybe, maybe 10 guys get division one scholarships. And uh, uh, again, it's a positive for the league. It's uh, it's going to help us in the future attract, uh, you know, younger players that want to play in, in the SJHL. And I think what you're seeing is um, young guys that uh, have been drafted in our league are taking notice that uh, um, you can have success in the SJHL and, and uh, further your playing career. And, uh, you know, they're, they're choosing our, our league as a, a route to go. So uh, all in all, it's been a, a real positive experience. It's fantastic to hear. You can't talk about LaPointe without talking about his partner, Cole Vardy, one of the 20-year-olds on your team. He didn't even play last year. But what does it say about his commitment to the game that he's already doubled his point totals, now moving in to his final year with the, with the Flin Flon Bombers, pardon me. Uh, he just seems to be elevating his game to another level. And I was saying it two weeks ago, again, I think LaPointe and Vardy are hard to argue the best defensive pairing in the league when they're together. Well, I think the thing with Vards is, uh, you know, he had to have surgery last year. So, you know, if you're you're going to have surgery in any any year, last year was the year to mm -hmm. have it. But, uh, we're expecting big things out of him, and uh, 
Um, you know, it's nice to see that uh, it, it really hasn't slowed them down. Um, you know, and it's funny, sometimes, you know, in your playing career, you, you just find uh, great chemistry with someone and, and Lappy and, and Vards have that and, and they're completely different players, you know, Vardy's more of a, a powerful guy. He's, he's big, he's strong, he's physical. Uh, Lappy's a little flashier and, and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, they, they work well together and they really enjoy playing together. And I, I think that's huge, you know, when you can have that chemistry with your partner and, and just really enjoy being on the ice with each other. Um, you know, that's huge. There's been off, there are times in the past where we've maybe acquired a guy and you think that there's going to be chemistry with another guy and it just doesn't work out. And uh, so when you get that natural fit, you just roll with it. And, uh, you know, those two guys have, have been fantastic for us. And, you know, I don't think that you can win a championship without having a, a, a true number one pairing. And uh, we feel that we've got that in, in LaPointe and Vardy. Things about championship teams also need goaltenders and Cal Shell right off the start of the year has jumped off the page. Four shutouts already. What can you say about him? It's my final question for you. Another veteran on your team that uh, any game he can steal it, any game he can win it, if it's a blowout, if it's close, and he's having a heck of a year here in his final year. Yeah, Shelly's been awesome. You know, and we, we got a preview of that uh, two years ago against Tumbleton mm -hmm. and that got us really excited knowing that, uh, you know, he could elevate his play in, in such a big game. And, uh, um, you know, last year was a tough year for everybody. Um, I know that uh, Shelly didn't get off to a great start in his two games uh, that we did play, um, you know, but there was a lot going on with, with uh, you know, our situation. We, we knew that we were getting shut down, uh, you know, ahead of the, the other SJHL teams just because Manitoba was going in lockdown. Mm -hmm. And that sort of thing and um so it was real tough on him but uh you know we we we're really hoping that he could come in here this year and give us the goaltending that he has and, and he's probably been better than what we were hoping for and uh um you know he's just a very motivated individual right now and uh um he's just elevated his play and when you got uh, a goaltender back there that you can trust i, I think it it allows the the team to play with a lot more confidence and you know, when you do make a mistake, you know, he's there to bail you out and, and that. And, you know, I mean, to have four shutouts uh, um, Ready. into the season, I, I think is remarkable. Um, you know, and I know that he's got some uh, Div 1 schools now, uh, you know, paying attention. And, and, and that's been a real positive, obviously. And, um, you know, he's a great guy and he deserves all, all the success that he is having. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Wish uh, yourself, your players, all the best moving forward, and I'll see you on the weekend. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. There was head coach and GM of the Flint Flon Bombers, Mike Reagan, and we'll be back to welcome in the SJHL's leading scorer, Mark Rumsey of the Bruins, next on SJ at Noon. Welcome back to SJ at Noon. Roy McGorn with you. Big thanks, of course, to Scott Barney, Mike Reagan of the Humboldt Broncos and Flynn Fawn Bombers, respectively. Now very pleased to welcome in the SJHL's leading score, 36 points in 22 games. It's Mark Rumsey. Mark, how are things going? Good, good. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, one of the newcomers to the Estevan Bruins with the Centennial Cup hopes in sight. 22 games in now. Just sort of your experience before we get into the hopes of the Cup and how you've been playing, but how have things been with the Estevan Bruins? A lot of new faces and uh, first place in your division. Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, it's a lot of new faces, um, but 
it's everything's been amazing here. Uh, the facilities, the the fans, the the people around the town, like everyone's uh, everyone's into this year, and and I think uh, I think they have a lot to look forward to. Um, yeah, I think we have a pretty special group, so we're just uh, yeah, we're just looking to take it day by day, but we're excited. So, is there any um, not not troubles, but how much does it need to be stressed to not overlook an opponent on a day? You know, the Centennial Cups in your future, but just to take it day by day, like you said, and kind of grow game by game as a team with those hopes in the forefront as they're always there. Yeah, obviously we're uh, we're going to look forward to the to the. Uh, centennial cup like you said but we're just trying to take it day by day and uh focus on on each opponent night in and night out uh we don't want to take anyone for granted and we just want to play our game every night and and yeah we're uh hoping to be successful throughout the season so how how is the recruitment process uh, for yourself and the excitement level that it gave you to know your final year of junior hockey, you're going to get a chance at the national championship. You're playing in Estevan with that beautiful arena. Just how did everything come tenfold and, uh, and, and fold together to bring you to Estevan and how excited are you for that opportunity? Yeah. Um, I guess Phil and Tarts just reached out to me throughout the summer and, and I guess kept in contact throughout the whole summer and, I wasn't sure what my plan was going to be, but I'm happy I'm here and I'm happy they gave me the opportunity to come play this year. And then, like you said, play for the national championship. So it's, it's not, it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Your individual game, of course, when everyone was, was guessing who would lead the SJHL score and your name came up a number of times, of course, how has your individual game sort of lived up to your expectations that you had before the season started 36 points in 22 games. And I think you had something absurd, like 24 points in your last 10. Yeah. I think, like I said before, I'm just focusing on playing my game night in and night out. Um, I'm not too really focused on the points. I know that they're going to come. Um, I'm just trying to help the team win in any way I can. And if that's, I guess, scoring goals or playing defense, either way, I'm happy to do it. So it's, it seems like uh, yourself, uh, a few other players, Olivier Pouliot, they, you get all responsibilities. It's not just power play five on five, but you're on the penalty kill. Is that something you enjoy kind of playing all areas of the game when called upon? Yeah, I mean, I can really speak for myself and Olivier. We love playing. Uh, playing as much as we can every game. I think it's that that's one way to get into the game is, is obviously be on the ice a lot. So I think taking on that responsibility has helped us, helped us a lot. Um, it's just given us, I guess, more time to really be on the ice and, and, and get into the game. So it's, it's been good. Do you think that's maybe been the key component to your guys' chemistry already this early in the season? Because when watching the Estevan Bruins play, there seems to be some sort of, you know, twin-like feeling that you and Olivier have on the ice together already. Yeah, I think, you know, he's he's one of my good buddies here. Um, I'm actually with him right now. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're always together. Um, you know, we're driving to the rink together. We spend a lot of time together. So I think that's just... Uh, that's just shown on the ice. And, and I mean, he's a great player, obviously he opens up a lot of room for me and he has a lot of speed. So he uses that to his advantage uh, in this league. So it's, it's good. Is he right beside you? Yeah. He's, he's right here. Point the camera. What's going on? Do, do, do you feel the same way, Olivier? <laughs> Sorry. You feel the same do you way. Feel, do you feel the same yeah. way about the chemistry? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. We have a good chemistry. Like I think we are, like two players that can complete each other on the ice. So, yeah, we're just enjoying playing, playing together. 
Thanks for jumping in. I appreciate that. Uh, the Bruins yeah. are first place in the division. Uh, everyone knew they would be the talk of the league hosting the Centennial Cup. You mentioned you're taking it a game by game and still kind of grow throughout the season. Where do you think the team is now compared to where you want to be when entering the playoffs and then the national championship in May? Yeah, I think we're still growing. Uh, like you said at the start, there's a lot of new faces. So we're, we're really just finding our, I guess, gel together, if that's the right term. Um mm. You know, we're getting our practices in and, and we're working hard. So I think with time, we're still going to grow and we're, uh, yeah, we're just starting now. So it's going to be an exciting playoffs and, and into the into the final of the season. Mark, Olivier, thank you very much for joining us. Um, drive safe wherever you're going and best of luck uh, with the rest no, of the season. You. And yeah, of course, International Championship. Yeah. Thank you. There was Mark Rumsey and surprise, Olivier Pouillot of the Estevan <laughs> Bruins. And uh, we'll be right back and take a look at the CA Road Report next on SJ at Noon. Who's hot right now? Two teams to take note on. The Battleford's North Stars, five straight wins. And the Humboldt Broncos, five straight wins as well. Humboldt Broncos as well, 13 wins in their last 14 games. Who's cold? Not many teams throughout the SJHL are cold right now, but I bet what is is the Newsies sleep schedule. Now two daughters in the household. I can't see it being that great. He'll be back next week, though, as we're back with a two-man show and a couple guests and breaking down the week as we usually do. Thanks for all your comments. Barry Shelley, of course, jumping in there, all the SJHL fans across the week. Thanks for helping fill my time as we rambled along with a lot of guests. The SJHL Game of the Month is another thing that we have to mention to wrap up the show. It's coming up on Wednesday at the Northern Lights Palace between the Melfort Mustangs and the Melville Millionaires. You can catch that on SaskTel Live Max TV. And we will have a Game of the Month every month from now until the end of the season live on SaskTel Max. And you can catch all those. They're always a great time in the buildings. The fans show up. The players get up for them knowing they're going to be on TV. Your CA Road Report this weekend, we had a shout-out from Matthew Barrett, the play-by-play and marketing director of the Melford Mustangs. He's looking forward to the game of the month, of course, and he's also looking forward to Melford at Estevan, which should be fire that game as well. And then the weekend, Flint Flon and Humboldt, two of the top three teams, will go four straight games. The Flint Flon Bombers against the Humboldt Broncos. I think the Broncos have one game in between. Jacob, was that it? The podcast, I knew I was missing one thing, is up on Spotify and Apple Music. Wherever you get your podcast, please subscribe. Please download it. Take a look and a listen. And that's going to do it for us on Monday. Thanks to Scott Barney, Mike Reagan. The news, congratulations. Thanks to Mark Rumsey, Olivier Pouillot. We'll be back next week. Have a great Monday on SJ at Noon.